Amen. So uh, tonight I am ending our series that we have been in. We've been talking about the lamps that my dad preached about when he was here for our anniversary service. And, and we've gone through several of those. And tonight I am ending with one that is so very important. It is holiness. Everybody say holiness. Holiness is a subject that we must needs discuss and talk about in the church. We have to do it. We have to do it. I cannot understand for the life of me any apostolic church that says, you know, we're not comfortable talking about holiness um, in a public service. And, and I have heard of such. I can't understand that. And the reason would be, because this is an issue that if we don't get this issue correct, our salvation is in jeopardy. Now, that bothers some people probably that I would make a statement like that, but I did not make an unbiblical statement just now. I made a very biblical statement. The book of Hebrews says, follow peace. The, the, this scripture, a lot of times it gets used just one way, but it's, but it's a horizontal scripture and it's a vertical scripture it says follow peace with all men that's horizontal that's how i relate there we go hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 14 it it, it, it's horizontal that's how i relate with with people follow peace with all men boy that's something we need to hear in 2021 follow peace with all men and holiness, that's vertical, without which no man shall see the Lord. So not only do I have to do right by the, the individual, it doesn't say with, with men or women in the church. There's a three-letter word that comes before men right there. Can anybody tell me what it is? All. All. Follow peace with All. the unbelievers, the heathens, the saints, the ain'ts. Follow peace with all men, and then holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. If we're not talking about holiness, we're not talking about a subject that is a salvational subject that we all need to be pursuing. All right? Now, when we begin to discuss holiness, usually, well, I don't know if usually is the correct word, but many times... There are two extremes that some people want to go to when the discussion of holiness comes up. And these are two camps of people that are missing out on the meaning of holiness. All right? The first camp that I'll deal with is this one. It's, it's, the, it's the camp that says, you know what? God loves me and God's not concerned with how I dress, God's not concerned about what I do, and if you would say to me that, that there are things that need to change in my life about, uh, that has to do with any, anything external in my life, then you are judgmental and you are legalistic if you would push holiness because you don't know my heart and the Bible says that God looks on the heart but man looks on the outward appearance. 
And that's an extreme position they would take in order to, to try to push off the importance of holiness. All right? Now, we, uh, we all agree, yes, God loves you, saint or sinner, God loves everybody. But to say that God is not concerned about what we do or how we dress and how we present ourselves is a false statement. It is 100% absolutely incorrect. It would be incorrect. God very much cares about those things. And while I may not know your heart, and, and the Lord can know your heart and me not know it, I will tell you that just because if, if you tell me that God knows your heart, but you're not going to do anything externally to show your submission to God, I would tell you that the Bible indicates to us that you don't really love God like you say you love Him. And you can try to argue that point with me, but, but uh, I've got a whole lot of scriptures I can take you to. The second extreme that some people go to is that they say, it is possible for me to live and address in such a way that I can assure my salvation. That, that I, can, I can have enough standards in my life that I can assure my salvation. And if I will do all of these things externally, and I'm going to deal with internally in a little bit, but if I can do all of these things that are external, then I am holy, and if my sleeves are a certain length, and my dress is a certain length, and if I don't do this uh, uh, in my life, or whatever the case may be, that is holiness. And as long as I do those things, I'm better than you who do not do those things. And if you love God as much as I did, you would see everything my way. That's another extreme. We are not called to extremes, ladies and gentlemen. We are called to balance. Everything about this book would put us in a place of balance in our lives. And we had better be careful. If we, really, if we love our children, and if we love our family members, and if we love our neighbors, we had better be very careful that we get holiness right. I would... I could not imagine what it would be like to stand before God as a preacher, and I may be the preacher, the pastor of this church, but all of us are preachers at points in our lives. You're a preacher to your family. You're a preacher to your neighbors and your co-workers. And I cannot imagine to stand before God as one who has preached the gospel. And the Bible talks about us uh, our, our, our example as, as we are living examples of, of the Word of God. I cannot imagine to do that and to stand before the Lord one day and, be, and, and know that, that I gave people a false view of what holiness was. That I indicated to my children that God doesn't really care about what you do. Or that God doesn't care about how you dress. Or that God doesn't care about how you speak or what's in your heart or what you watch 
or what you listen to or what conversations you have with people. That would be absolutely wrong of me, and I will have set my children up for a, for a hell if I led them in that direction. Shame on people who call themselves Christians but are seeking through selfish, because of selfish reasons to not live lives of holiness unto God. If you don't want to live a holy life, at least have the guts to tell your children, I'm not doing it, but the Bible does say this. People, I mean, let's just go through some things here, and and y'all pray I can get through all this in time tonight. But I want to have a conversation with you. People who say, well, I, you know... I'm a Christian, I love God, and, and I, you know, I believe in one God, and I believe in baptism in Jesus' name. I believe in the Holy Ghost, and, but I'm not bringing my kids to church. That's not holiness. I'm not faithful to the house of God. That's not holiness. Um, you know, I, I, I go out, and, and I'll be nice to the people in here that, that believe everything just like I do, but I don't have to... to be nice to that heathen out there. That's not holiness. We'd better make sure that we grab a hold of holiness. Likewise, likewise, if you are putting... The Lord also rebuked another group of people in the Bible. You can go read it. He said to them, he said, You have put burdens on my people that they could not bear. In other words, you started requiring things of them that I did not require of them. We doing okay? You required things of them I did not require of them. And then not only did you require them, you made it, you made it seem to them that if they didn't do those things exactly like that, that they weren't my people. You took advantage of my people as, as a leader and you did wrong. I don't want to be that individual either. I want to find the balance of true biblical holiness in my life, in my family, but also for this church. When we came here and started this church, I made up my mind very early on that I would would preach only the things that I knew really pertain to holiness. That I wasn't going to try to make it uh, easier than, the, than what the Bible really says, but I also didn't want to make it harder than what the Bible says. I wanted to be honest with people about what holiness was. And so there are things that from time to time I may ask you to do um, uh, that, that maybe I can't, I'm going to be honest with you right now, that I can't always find a scripture for that particular thing. But at least I have the, 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 at least I'm honest enough with you to tell you. I don't have a scripture for this, but I'm telling you what I think I feel like is the right place for us to land on this issue. Because the Bible does not declare every little thing. And there's a group of people out there that if the Bible doesn't, well, here's the thing. If the Bible doesn't say it specifically, they're not going to do it. 
those people typically tend to not want to do what the Bible does say specifically either. I'm right. I'm right. So, we don't need to look to the opposite. Now, and here's what some do. So, the one that's way over here that, well, God loves me, you can't judge me. They usually point at the people that are way over there as their reason for why they're not going to, because that, they're a bunch of hypocrites and Pharisees, and I'm not, you know, so, so I'm closer to God than they are because I, they don't, they're all about their rules and their regulations, and, and they point to the extreme as justification for why they are not going to live true holiness. And then you got the people over here. And they point to the people way over there. And they say, well, those people don't believe fat meat's greasy. <laughs> and, and, and they, you know, they'll do anything. They don't blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so they point at those people and say, that's my justification for why I'm going to get so far over here that you can't even hardly breathe fresh air and be saved. And what we need to be careful of is that we are not falling into extremes. That we find the balance of Scripture. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly, rightly, rightly dividing the Word of God. We have to bring the Bible into its Complete and full context, if we're going to rightly divide it. And please, don't go to people who don't know nothing about the Word of God to try to get your views on holiness. Don't, don't go to people who, who, who will not be honest about what God's Word says, if they're over there or if they're over there. I don't care what side. That's not where I go to get my views on what God's Word says. I want to find the people who have exhibited a life of balance and have a right spirit concerning holiness. Because I'm going to tell you, these people like to call these people, and, and I'm not talking about the, those of you on that side of the room. <laughs> but these people like to call these people Pharisees, but these people are just as much a Pharisee. It's the, it's the same spirit. That spirit's just as judgmental as this spirit. You doing good? Now, what you and I have to understand is that we are called to holiness. Would you, would you, just, would you just repeat this after me? Say, I am called to holiness. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought, to walk and to please God. In other words, we have told you how you should walk and how you should please God that you would abound in those things more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. What is written in your Bible that was not just that was not just some man's opinion. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Whatever has been written to you 
and has been preached to you that was given to you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Anybody have an idea what he means when he says how you should possess his vessel? What do you think vessel's referring to there? Anybody? You, your body. You need to know how to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Why on earth, if God has called us to holiness, why on earth would we not talk about holiness? Why would I not talk about it over this pulpit? And why would you not talk about it with your family over your dinner table? If God has called us to holiness, we need to be having that conversation consistently in our homes. Now, I teach a very... Tonight, I'm covering a lot of major points. I'm not going through every item tonight. I teach a very in-depth series about every year and a half or so where I go through it Pretty in-depth. Any of y'all ever heard that? Wave your hand at me. I go through it very in-depth, I feel like. And, and we need to make sure that, that when those series comes, come around that we're here for them. Because it's very important that you understand why, what the Scripture has to say, that, that we're not just making this stuff up, that we really are preaching to you what the Bible says. Okay? Now, that said... We need to be very, very careful that we are in our homes. We are consistently driving home the truths of the Word of God in our homes. If we don't ever have conversations about holiness in our home, we're not, we're not doing this Christianity, Christianity thing correctly. Every once in a while, there's things that are going to come up. They've come up in my house. Where we're going to talk to our children and say, no, we don't do that. Why don't we do that? Because that does not align with the values of holiness that we hold. Well, why not, Dad? Why not, Mom? What's wrong with it? Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about it. And, and, and we're going to go through it. It's important for you to have those. Con- don't you dare just leave it to me. Don't just, don't just think that me coming along and bumping holiness every once in a while is enough. Folks, we've got to, the Bible says that we are to do this in our homes. When you rise up, when you lay down, when you're walking by the way, when you're at the table, teach these things. We have got to teach this important and valuable precept of the Word of God. Uh, we are called to holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth what? Despiseth holiness, despiseth not man. You're not just despising what some man is preaching or some man is saying, but you are despising God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. 
When we rebel against the principle of holiness, we are despising God. Well, I would never do that. You think you would never do that. But how many times have your kids ever done something and you, and you told your kids, if you, really, if you really respected me and my house, you wouldn't have done this. My dad had that conversation with me. I, I, I go back to the time he put me up against the wall. Grab me, had me up against the wall, and he said, you will never talk to my wife like that again, because if you do, I'm going to put you out that door. I never did talk to his wife like that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what he was saying is, if you had respect for her like you should have, you'd have never done that. And I could have said I respected my mom in that moment, but my actions proved that I didn't have the respect for her in that moment that I needed to have. And you can say you love God and you are obedient to God and you respect the Word of God, but if you're not obeying the Word of God and you're not aligning your life with it, you don't. We doing okay? First Peter, he writes in chapter 1, verse number 14, as obedient children, and I'm just showing you how we're called to holiness right now. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves. In other words, not, not accommodating your lives according to the former lusts that you had in your ignorance. When you were not right with God, when you didn't know the things of God, your life went a certain direction. But now we've been teaching you. And we have been preaching to you. And we have been talking to you about what God wants for you. So don't go back to that former stuff that you had. But as he which hath called you is holy, talking about the Lord. So be ye holy in all manner of your lifestyle, conversation. You be holy in all manner of your lifestyle because it is written. Why should we do that? You should do it because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. If God would not approve of it, it's not holiness. There's a real good barometer right there. If God would not approve of it, it is not holiness. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and beginning with verse number 19, what? Know ye not that you're? But I thought God only cares about what's on the inside. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? So we've got outside, we've got inside. Which you have of God, and you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. When you became a Christian, when you re were born again, like we talked about last uh, Wednesday night, from that point on, I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. Verse number 20 now. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, 
Why? Therefore what? Therefore, because you've been bought with a price and you're not your own and you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, therefore glorify God in your outward and in your spirit inward, which are God's. We are called to holiness both inwardly and outwardly. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now, that's not H-O-L-Y, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means completely. Let God sanctify you completely. What you're looking at, what you're listening to, what you're saying, where you're going, what you're involved with. Let him sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If, if Paul would say, I pray, God, that your spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord, then that must mean that it is possible that you cannot be preserved blameless. See, the Bible's a lot of common sense. So because we're called to holiness, and I feel like I've taken some scriptures here to prove that to you. Because we are called to holiness, we need a revelation of what holiness is. And one thing I want to say to Christianity right now, and I particularly want to say to apostolics who have grown up around this and who, who should have this in their hearts, is I want to say, quit trying to talk yourself out of the things that God has called you into. Quit trying to come up with reasons why you don't need to dress holy. Why you don't need to be holy in where you go or what you do. Quit trying to talk yourself out of what God has called you into. Our world, that is a worldly spirit, folks. And worldliness is the enemy of the things of God. It is, it is the enemy of the things of God. Our world is con continually and constantly striving against the word of God. It is amazing and, and sickening to me just how much our world is, is, is pushing back against all things that are Holy. It, it, is, it is astounding. We, we are living in a day that none of us in this room ever imagined we would see. We're living in a day where you cannot take the egg out of an eagle's nest. That's a, that's a felony. But you can kill a baby in a womb. Who would have imagined we would get to such a point? We're living in a day where you can, and I want to be careful, I'm not, I, I don't want to be political. We're living in a day where we can justify destroying people's homes and businesses over exceptions and not rules. 
but, but we cannot hold people accountable who, because they come from a certain perspective of life or, or culture of life, we don't hold them accountable because they can't be accountable because they're not the right culture or color. It's a, it's a crazy day we're living in. And I'm not trying to be political. There's, I don't think there should be any issue with what I just said. But it's the day we're in. We cannot disavow by claiming ignorance. Excuse me. What we cannot disavow by claiming ignorance, our world is now trying to disavow by claiming irrelevance. It used to be that we said, well, they're ignorant to it, and so we're just going to let it go for that. Now our world is saying, no, not only do people not know about this thing called the Bible, but this thing's irrelevant. And that's what they're trying to tell us. This is irrelevant. And I am, I'm not even far afield here. They are all, they, there are already legislative pushes to make things that I'm saying tonight and for me to preach out of this book some of the things that are in it. There are already legislative pushes, even in this country and in others, that would make what, some of what I say hate speech. And I would be, according to their morality, I would be wrong for what I would say from this pulpit. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you better be careful about this spirit that has come along, this worldly spirit that is trying to take the word of God and make it seem irrelevant. You'd better wake up and you'd better stand up and every once in a while, when those that you're around say something against it, if we don't stand up and push back against it, we're going to leave our children in worse shape than they are right now. They desperately need us. Your kids, you hear what I say right now. Your children need me to preach like I'm preaching right now. They need it. Your grandkids, those that you don't know yet, should the Lord tarry, they need preachers to get up and preach and say the exact things that I'm saying right now. Let God be true and every man a liar. If we don't get to doing that, and certainly in our homes if we don't get to doing that, we are in terrible shape. Oh, Lord. Let this church, God, let all of your church be a people that will stand for what is right and stand for what is holy. And God, even when it puts us at odds with friends or family or co-workers or governments, let us stand for what is right You better grab a hold of holiness. The United, I'm going to say the name of it, the United Methodist Church in 2019 held a massively 
controversial vote within their own denomination. Whether they would allow gay clergy or not, homosexual clergy or not. And uh, the vote went against those who wanted to allow it in, but not by a whole lot. Not by a whole lot. And it was... It, it upset them so much that they are now in the process of splitting that organization and the denomination. They are in the process of splitting the denomination along the lines of those who will believe this or not. And folks, there is literally no way in the world if you believe that God's word is the if you believe the Bible is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God, there is no way to justify a homosexual lifestyle and that it is okay for a preacher to be homosexual. There is no way to justify that biblically. You have to do you have to do such calisthenics with the word of God that you would tie yourself up in a pretzel to get there. It is, it, is, it, it is completely um, contrary to what God's word has said. Now, typically, I make a statement like that. They're going to say that I'm bigoted and that I don't love them and that I don't care about those people, which is the absolute biggest lie you could tell. Because if a homosexual is walks in the doors of this church. I'm going to love on them and I'm going to care about them as much as I care about anybody in this church. I'm not going to try to belittle them. I'm not going to try to hurt them. But I am going to be honest with them. Just like I am honest with you. I'm going to be just as honest. But, but let me just tell you something here while I'm on this. You be careful that just because your sin doesn't seem to be as big of a sin as something else, that you don't, that you don't uh, ignore when I'm up here preaching like I'm preaching. The same sins that will send people to hell like homosexuality and lying and stealing and murder and all of those things, if we're not obeying the precepts of the word of God and your sin seems to be smaller, it's still sin. And gossip is still sin. And slander is still sin. And striving against your brother is still sin. And I'm going to tell you this. The Bible says that he doesn't care for his uh, own household is worse than an infidel. And a lot of people use that, say, you, you need to get out and work and take care of your family. And I believe that. But I also believe that if you're not taking care of your family spiritually, you're just as lost as somebody living those lifestyles I've been talking about. Just because you show up to church doesn't mean you're leading your family in the ways of God. We'd better make sure that we are proactive in this thing and that we are out front leading our homes in this thing with everything we have. Because there is nothing more important in your life than going to heaven and getting your family there. Nothing. Nothing. 
nothing. Holiness is still God's plan. Are y'all still with me? Holiness is still God's plan. So what is holiness then, Pastor? Holiness is the nature of God. In the Old Testament, the word holy comes from the Hebrew word, the, the root Hebrew word, kadash. It means consecrated, sanctified, dedicated, hallowed, and separated. And before I move on, let me just ask you a question. I want you to think about yourself right now, and I want you to think about your own family right now. Do you think that you and your family are consecrated, sanctified, dedicated, hallowed, and separated? That's a question we ought to ask every once in a while. From that root word, kadash, we are given two other words. One is kadash, which refers to the Holy One. And there is Kadesh, which means a holy object. It is something that becomes holy due to its set apartness. In the New Testament, the Greek word is translated as hagios, which means sacred, pure, consecrated, set apart. I did not originate these terms. God did. And I do not define the terms. God does. Therefore, it is not my prerogative to change the meaning of the word holy. If our Lord is unchanging, as he declared he was in Revelation 1, and if he is holy, as the scriptures that I have read to you tonight declare that he is from both Old Testament and New Testament, and the transitional time in between them, then it only stands to reason that what God has desired of His people remains the same on this day, that we would be a holy people unto Him. God wants His church to be holy. In other words, God wants His church to be consecrated. God wants His church to be sanctified. God wants His church to be set apart. If the world does not see a difference between the people of God and themselves, there is something wrong. If your, if your ideologies don't cross their ideologies, something is wrong. Holiness. Holiness. We have to realize that when he says, Be ye holy as I am holy, again, Words from the Bible, they're found in the Old Testament, they're found in the New Testament. Are you with me? Well, that's Old Testament stuff. No, 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 no. I'm preaching Bible tonight. When he says, be ye holy as I am holy, he is not asking for a low call to holiness. He is asking that we would seek for his holiness to become our holiness. He said, you be holy as I am holy. He didn't say come to a low level of holiness. He is calling us to a high. There is no higher level of holiness than God. He is calling us to the highest levels of holiness. And when he calls us to the highest level, levels of holiness. You need to understand that he is not asking for the impossible. 
what God asks of us, He will always make a way for us to perform. How do I obtain holiness? Here's how. God speaks to me about His will for my life. I believe Him. I have faith in what He has said. And it causes me to step out in obedience to His word. At that point, it is accounted for, unto me for righteousness. And righteousness will give way in my life to holiness. When I do what is right, it begins to give way to holiness. Well, God hasn't spoke to me about that. God's never... You, you preach these things and God's not... God hasn't uh, convicted me about that. God hasn't dealt with me about that. No, 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 no. If it's in His Word... God has dealt with you about that. Again, quit looking for reasons to talk yourself out of what God has called you into. He hasn't dealt with me. He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't convicted me about that. I don't, I don't care if he's convicted you about it. Has anybody? Do you feel convicted about red being red? You don't have to feel convicted that red is red. Whether you feel convicted about red being red or not, it's still red. You with me? Whether you feel convicted about what God has to say about gender distinction and men dressing like men and women dressing like women, whether you feel convicted about what God has to say about hair, whether you feel convicted about what God has to say about uh, a right spirit and attitude, whether you feel convicted about what God has said about any aspect of His holy nature is irrelevant. The Bible speaks to it. Don't nobody get mad at me. Somebody say, oh men, amen. If you can't, say, oh me. <laughs> Holiness is not a list of rules. You cannot obtain holiness by following a list of rules. Because following a list of rules would be what you do. That would be legalism. Holiness is the end result of believing God's word and obeying it. I don't live a certain way or dress a certain way or whatever it is a certain way because I'm following some preacher's rules. I do it because I have a desire to obey God's word in my life. That gives way to holiness. That's why I tell you that when you obey from the heart what the word of God has said, it is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when we obey from the heart that which God has said. Abraham blessed nations and generations when he obeyed the word of God. He reached out, folks, and he touched generations that here years, centuries, millennia later are still receiving the benefit of one man who said, God said, and I'm going to do If Abraham can do that for all of us, what can you do for your family when God says, 
and you say, if God said, we're going to do. If God has called us to this, this is going to be who we are. We're going to get rid of some stuff. We're going to quit. We're going to quit doing a few things. Why? Not because we're trying to be better. Not because we're trying to follow a list of rules and regulations that the preacher said. No, no, no. We do this because God's word dealt with this. And we want to be obedient to the word of God. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Ignorance is not an excuse with God. It's, 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 I don't feel like it is not an excuse with God. If you sit in this church and you hear this pastor, you cannot claim ignorance. If God will help me, you will never be able to claim ignorance. I am trying, I am doing my very best to preach this church into being a well-rounded church. I'm doing everything I can to do it. That's why we go through seasons and there's times I get up and I preach worship. We've got to be worshiping. Why are you doing that, Pastor? Because the Lord's dealt with me about it. And, and maybe our worship's not been what it ought to be. And, and we can't lose worship. And I'll preach holiness. And I'll preach doctrine. And I'll, I'll preach mercy. And I, I'm going to preach all of these. I'm doing my very best saying, God, help me, help me uh, through, through your spirit, God. Help me to let this church be a well-rounded church. I don't want to be an extreme church. I don't, I don't want to be a church that only majors on one thing. I want us to be a church that is built around rightly dividing the word of truth. Where does holiness originate? I'm going to tell you where holiness originates. It originates in the heart. It always starts in the heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If our hearts are right with God, and our spirit is submitted to him and his word, there's not one thing that God would ask you to do that you would struggle to give it up. Wouldn't happen, folks. But lest you think, lest you think that, well, that's just, we're just indifferent. If Jesus were to come down, Pastor, and if Jesus were to say he stands on some of these, if he would just make it just so plain for me that he, this is exactly where he wants us to stand on these things, we'd all do it. The whole world would do it. Baloney. How do you know that? Well, there was a man who died and went to hell. And in torment, in hell being in torments, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham and Abraham holding Lazarus to his chest. And he said, oh, that, there's that leprous man, Lazarus, that was outside my gate. Would you send him, Abraham, that he could dip his finger in water and touch my tongue? God said, can't do it. He said, well, Lord, would you at least send him back from the dead? I've got brothers who, who, who are headed to this place too. Would you send him back to, from the dead? And let him preach to them so they won't come here. And Abraham said, even if one rose from the dead, they've got Moses and the prophets. If they won't believe them, they won't believe him either. 
Well, if Jesus was here, though, we'd believe him. No. Jesus had 12, and one of them was a devil. Well, Jesus had multitudes that followed him, and he got up and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part with me. And multitudes turned around and said, well, see you later. We're out. You just got weird. You just, you just asked some stuff that, that we think is beyond what is reasonable. So we're checking out. That was Jesus Christ. They saw him do the miracles. They watched him. They literally watched him feed 5,000 with just a few fishes and loaves. They, they watched him do it. And the same people that saw that, the same people that saw him cast devils out, the same people that saw him raise up uh, lame people, the same people that saw him make spit in the ground, make a muddy ball, and put it in somebody's eye sockets, and it became eyeballs, those same people said, you just asked something that we can't do, we're out. So the question is not, if Jesus were here, if he made it more plain for us, we do it. No, no, no. The question is your devotion to Jesus at all costs. And we'd better get to the point where there is nothing he would ask of us, whether it be body or spirit. It's, it should originate in our hearts that we fall so in love with him and his word that God, anything you are talking to me, I want my spirit to be right. That's why holy people are not bitter people. I just said something really good. Y'all missed a great amen point. <laughs> holy people are not bitter people. Because holiness is inside as well. Holy people are not mean people. Holy people don't beat other people up with their holiness. If you do, your spirit's not right. Let me, and let me just speak to that for a second. Jesus was accused of not being holy because he ate with sinners and publicans. I hope this church gets so full of sinners that people start looking at us sideways. Well, I don't know what O'Connell's doing over there, but there's a whole lot of people over there don't look like they ought to look. You go ahead and talk like that. You just give us time with them. You let me preach the word of God to them. You let me tell them what God's word has to say. Then let their spirit decide whether they want to receive it or not. All right? We're just going to put the truth out there and we're going to love them and we're going to welcome them. But if your spirit says, I'd rather not have them around here because they don't seem to go like we would go. You just remember, Jesus sat with sinners and publicans. Jesus did not become a sinner. Jesus did not compromise his values. Jesus did not compromise the word of God. 
but he went to where sinners were. Well, he didn't, no, 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 they may have come to him. He didn't go to them. Wrong. Jesus went to where the sinners were. He went in their homes and he sat down with them. Holiness. Holiness. I want to say this right. True holiness, folks, that is strong in the Word of God should be able to handle being around a sinner. Now let me give the counter balance to that. True holiness should also be most connected to the church of the living God. All right? True holiness wants everybody to be saved. True holiness wants to present this in such a way that people desire to have what you have. I will never, there will never be anybody come through those doors. God, please help me. There would never be anybody come through those doors and I see them come in here and I see something about them that doesn't line up with what we believe. That I would pick on them and beat them up over the, and use this pulpit as a stick to beat on them. That is not right. We're going to love people. We're gonna, and shame on you if you would ever use anything and, 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 and start talking down to people who we're trying to bring in. You love them. You can try to show them the way of God more perfectly. But you better do it with a right spirit. And if you can't do it with a right spirit, this is not the church for you. If you cannot do it with a right spirit, let somebody else who has a right spirit do it. God help us to be a holy people. It's going to begin in there. It, it comes back to love, ladies and gentlemen. It comes back to love. Let it begin in here. And then let it make its way out here. There are going to be some things that are going to change about how I look, what I do, where I go. I don't want some people to get the wrong impression. Let not your good be evil spoken of. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I'm not, you're not going to see me doing things that, that seem to put me in a compromising position where people can think I'm doing wrong. I don't even want I don't, if the Lord helps me, I don't even, people can try to make a lot of stuff. I'm about done. I'm, people can try to make a lot of stuff that's good look wrong. But I don't, I don't want to give any occasion for anybody to be able to talk bad about this thing called the gospel. So I'm not, you're not going to see me grab a beer bottle and hold it and take a picture with it. Holding it up, I got the victory over this. That would be ignorance. Okay? What I'm I said that to say this. Be careful the presentation you, you have of holiness. 
Let's be careful with our presentation of holiness. Let's present it correctly. Let's not give opportunity for our brothers and sisters to, to begin to doubt us because we made questionable decisions. Is that good? There's more I could say tonight. That's where I'm going to leave it this evening. Be ye holy as he is holy. Don't say it's not important. Don't say, well, let me tell you what matters more. That is a false statement. Well, I may not, I may not live right, but I can tell you this. I don't, no, 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 no. Live right. Because the Bible said, and I gave you all the verses of why you should live right. Let's be holy. I want us to pray. And I want us to, I want us to sincerely right now, I want you to search your spirit. I want you to search your life. And I want you to ask yourself the question, am I living a life of holiness? There's probably room for all of us to really improve on what God has called us to. And I'm not asking for anybody to live in doubt of their salvation. I'm asking you to strive for what is right and holy. I'm not here. I didn't preach this message tonight for you to doubt your salvation. I've I've preached this message tonight, hopefully, to cause you to want to strive for holiness. So I want us to search our hearts right now, search our lives, and be honest with ourselves about where we stand in terms of holiness with God. Could we do that together? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, O Lord. Lord, you are so holy. You've asked me to be holy like you are. You would have never asked me to do anything, God, that you would not empower me to do through your spirit. So, God, I ask that you'd search my heart tonight. Is there anything in my spirit that's not right? God, is there any attitude I've been carrying around that is not right? Is there any thinking that I have had that is Not right. It's in opposition to your word. If so, I'm praying right now, God, that you would reveal it to me. Because I want to pursue holiness in my spirit. And God, is there anything you've shown me in your word? And my pastors preach to me about your word. That tells me how I ought to live my life outwardly as well. That I'm not... I'm not doing that and I'm not being obedient to that. God, I want to fully commit to you. I want to not just love you partially. I want to love you wholly and completely, fully. So, Lord, I'm asking. I'm asking, God, maybe I need to go home and take a stand in my home about something. But, God, I'm asking you, let me, let my family, let our church be a holy people, God. Not just say we are from the inside, but let our external prove that we are as well. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.